pray, think, ask questions, and and don't let the hearsay and the myths drag you down. In Australia in particular, now there's homeschooling is on the rise and, and there's a lot more people doing it. I think that there is no excuse to say that not being around other kids is going to hurt them. Rod, thanks for joining me today. Hey, Cody. Thanks for having me, mate. No worries. My pleasure. Um, could, uh, as we start this conversation, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, I hate talking about myself, but okay. <laughs> um, well, we've been homeschooling uh, for 12 years. We have five kids, been married for over 20. Um, I started out as a store manager at Kuron Books in um, my local area. And uh, that was a bit of a miracle in and of itself. Um, I shifted careers after 12 years and did a degree at Tabor with ministry and theology. Um, yeah, now I'm sort of working on a freelance stuff and uh, working and exploring the gifts I have, I guess, in that area. And um, not to, you know, big note myself or anything. I'm sort of learning as I go. So, <laughs> yeah, but anyway, um, yeah, I come from a broken home pretty severely. Severely broken home. Um, I've shared about that quite a bit, so I won't ramble on. But it was—it's a pretty sad story. Um, welfare dependency, the whole—the whole shebang, um, and a lot of that influences um, our topic today, I guess, homeschooling and how um, you know I, we raise our kids in light of um, the the curse, I guess you could say, curse of government dependency um, in the welfare cycle. We. Uh, we are we come from a low socioeconomic area um, ourselves, so we are certainly not in the high end um, when it comes to uh, homeschooling and uh, resources and all that kind of stuff. So we've had to pioneer in many respects from the ground up. Um, that has included budgeting like crazy and being meticulous with every cent and uh, making sure that we can we can do what we do. I originally was against homeschooling. And that took me about to be three years, a long time, but it took me three years to come around to uh, the idea. And that was, that was sort of triggered by some events at the local school that my um, daughter was attending and well, daughters were attending at the time. Um, I've spoken about that before. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it kind of hit me hard when I saw that sort of the failing of the system. I mean, the system was there for me and it, it was a stable environment that I needed and it was pretty, pretty much the only one that I had at that time. And, um, I, uh, I sort of felt attached to it for that reason and, uh, kept myself telling myself that, oh, well, this is good. It's, it's good for them. It's, it's good that they be part of that, but they don't come from a, a broken home the way I did. And they have a, a loving family. It's Christ centered and, um, you know, so yeah, that, long story short, um, uh, I believe that God put that in our path and, and especially in mind to you know, challenge us to trust in him a lot more and um, to raise our kids in the way they should go. And so, um, you know, we stepped into this direction and uh, headed in, the, you know, that was like 11 years ago, 12 years ago now. And despite my trepidation and um, I wouldn't say fear, but concern about, uh, you know, socialization, because that's all you hear. The myth of socialization is out there pretty bad. It's a boo, you know, it's sort of thrown at you pretty, pretty heavily. Um, 
until until I kind of overcame that that um I would call it peer pressure really um this this mass sort of psychosis that I you know, can't homeschool our kids we can't educate our own kids parents are hopeless at doing it we need professionals um, when really as, as I've learned through the process of homeschooling that educating kids begins in the home and the teachers have a role to play um, they never surrogate parents and I think that the system we have today is this idea that you you pave off your kids to a system um, and that they become in some ways a, a way of parenting parenting your children and um, that, that kind of hit hard too uh, for me when I had an encounter with a doctor once and he um, he was anti-homeschool, very anti-homeschool and very much on the socialization uh, mind, hive mind kind of mentality. And um, I, uh, it was, it wasn't a, it wasn't a pretty situation. It was a bad, a bad thing. Um, uh, and I was challenged to really, really think about why I homeschool at that point in time. And um, I think that, that that really gave me a uh, a basis for defending homeschool. I wasn't really like, hey, well, you know, I know people are against it, but you know, just chill. But we're we're sort of exchanging ideas here, and and then um, no, he was he was adamant that it was an evil beyond the description, and um, yeah, sort of went went his way, and I went mine, but. It should have opened my eyes up to the kind of hostile responses and and I, I guess the the treatment that homeschoolers get from time to time they're treated as weirdos and freaks. Um, and I think there might be a fringe element that justifies some of that, but I don't think as in general it's um it's helpful. I think it's actually quite harmful because mm. yeah, these these parents are stepping out um, and loving their kids, often sacrificing their own careers um taking uh i wouldn't say risks but i say taking a, a different road mm. than the one that's um traveled by by many especially when they're making sacrifices as far as finances are concerned and uh, other stuff like that mm. i think i think the, the the encounter with that doctor um it angered me to the point where i, I thought well, there needs to be more understanding, I think, in Australia about what homeschooling means. And when you've got a professional who just attacks you um, in, a, in a space, an environment where you're there to actually you know, get a checkup or totally unrelated, you're there for unrelated reasons. And then suddenly there's this massive confrontation. You're like, oh, okay, how do I, how do I respond to that? Um, yeah, it was a difficult situation that, like I said, it opened my eyes up to the, the kind of, I don't know if the right words hate, um, maybe misunderstanding mm. about what homeschooling means and, and uh, what it takes to do the job and uh, that kind of thing. And he, he was adamant, uh, back to the socialization thing, I mean, and how that fits in. He was adamant that um, as kids, their peers should help raise them. And uh, he was one of these big sort of points. And I went to him and after that, and I thought, yeah, just my wife after that, sorry. And, and I said, I think that's nuts. I mean, I grew up in an environment where you're know, 13 years old, I was making adult decisions mm. right from the parent at the time my parents told me they were divorcing, right there at the kitchen table, who are we going to live with? You know, 
I was in the morning and that was, that was a traumatic experience for me. But I was making adult decisions from that point on. Mm. And my peers were raising me. And you know where that landed? Substance abuse. Mm. Being out all night in the streets. So lounge surfing. You know, I mean, this this prof- medical professional to tell me that my peers or my kids' peers need to help raise them, I think was abhorrent. And in fact, I would even consider that to be child abuse because it's abandonment for parents to say, oh, you know, well, kids can go and do what they want. Well, you know, I've seen that. I've reaped the consequences of that. I've mm-hmm. seen that, how that affects other people. And okay, we can talk about independence, about freedom and kids need this and that. Well, it can be done um, in a loving environment where kids are nurtured into that rather than just dumped and, hey, learn how to swim, make adult decisions and be done with it. And that's why I think homeschooling's the way to go. Um, yeah. If you can, of course, there, um, there are many parents who can't do this as much as they might want to. Uh, they don't have the stability at home. They don't have the, the framework. Um, that doesn't mean that they couldn't get to that stage. They couldn't raise themselves up or ask to be helped, uh, helped into that sort of position. Um, maybe it might require a little bit of education for themselves. They might not have their HSC and they might be able to go and do that at TAFE or something like that and better prepare them for taking on their child's education. So to be real, there are situations where homeschooling just does not, would not work and it'd actually be more harmful to a child than it would be helpful. So, you know, I, I'm all all about like, hey, find the balance here. Okay, I agree. But socialization is not the reason we should be using to say, well, homeschooling sucks. It's bad because my kids are socialized. Um, you know, I think if we could do more, we would. Um, but again, you only have two hands and there's only a certain amount of time in the day. I mean, we, we cover all the topics. We do what we can to, to meet the Australian curriculum um, and stuff like that. But that's the, my story basically, mate. And that's um, some of the encounters I've had as far as homeschooling goes. And it's why I've kind of stuck my heels in a bit um, when it comes to homeschooling. Um, no, I never really expected to be someone who'd be somewhat of a spokesman for homeschoolers. Um, but, you know, here I am. Mm. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. It's um, one of the things I was going to ask you about was the whole you know, objections to homeschooling. I was homeschooled and you, you have this kind of common set of objections that you do encounter. Would you say socialization is, is one of the most common of those? I think it's the most prevailing, mate. The, the, it's the it's a hive mind kind of thing, like COVID, I guess. It's hmm. The fear of COVID, it's the same thing. Fear of homeschooling is that, oh, my kids are not going to be mature, emotionally mature enough and um, they're not going to be able to survive. I mean, <laughs> It doesn't matter. Big Bang Theory, if you're familiar with the TV series, uh, classic example, of course it's an exaggeration, but hey, you know, there are kids who go to the system and put through the system and come out of that system who have social anxiety issues, they have social disorders. I mean, come on, let's, let's move on from that point. It's, it's been negated. It's been um, dis, you know, proven to be wrong. So, uh, Socialisation, I don't think, is a legitimate argument when it comes to saying we shouldn't homeschool mm. um, i think that there are in australia in particular now there's homeschooling is on the rise and, and there's a lot more people doing it i yep. think that there is no excuse mm. to say that um you know that being around other kids is, is you know 
or not being around other kids is, is going to hurt them. I think that they, yes, they need to be around some peers. They need to have friends. Um, you know, and there are all sorts of options for homeschoolers out there, such as co-op groups, uh, the youth groups, if you're you know, Christians and you're attending church. Um, yeah, there's, there's far more opportunity, I think, for kids in that, that aspect to be around people who are not their own age and to learn from older people as much as from the younger people. And if there's any kind of village, you know, as Clinton, uh, uh, Hillary Clinton might say, we've got to raise them through a village. Well, um, you know, she's not the best person to take advice from anyway, but the point is she said it. And hey, just to quote from someone who would probably be against homeschooling, I think, um, yeah, we can say that, again, what that doctor said to me, the medical professional, oh, you know, that homeschooling is, is of the devil, basically. Um, you, kids need to be raised by their, their friends. I mean, man, and where I come from, no, no way. I'd rather have them have a situation where they uh, are nurtured into, as I said, nurtured into, um, you know, society rather than just dumped and said, look, fend for yourself. You're the government's problem now, which is what my parents told me when I finished my HSE. Um, no. Yeah. I think that homeschooling, the strengths of homeschooling um, are that they, the opportunities to raise um, kids who are well-balanced, well-grounded, and who have this ability to interact with people, not just their own age, and aren't, uh, they're not kind of boxed into this class system you know, you're a millennial and you're a, you're a Gen X and, you know, you're not, you're not boxed into this, this class category that, well, you're more, you're more atheist than you're more, and these guys are more Christian. And that's a good thing and it's a bad thing. Hey, you know, are we, are we about equality in this country? Are we about, you know, having a fair go? Or are we going to keep boxing these kids into this systematic, you know, class structure that says that they've got to operate at a certain at a certain basis, otherwise they're outside of that. So, you know, the paradox of fit in but stand out. Um, mm. I think homeschool has escaped that in many respects. I mean, yeah. there are downsides, as I pointed out. Some people can't homeschool. That, that's the way it goes. And yes, homeschooling can be taxing. There are sacrifices involved. Um, but all those have reasonable answers and all those can be answered mm. with the right kind of help, mm. especially the socialization question. Mm. Um, you know, and, and it's a fair question to some degree, but the myth that's attached to it and the straw man that's added onto it, nah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's a case of um, trying to use a an extreme situation or potential extreme situations to debunk an entire way of doing schooling that um, that is really, really, a, a, as you point out, quite a helpful and, and valuable way of, of doing it. Generalizations rarely serve any kind of logical argument hmm. a reason sort of, Hey, well, what are the reasons why I shouldn't be homeschooling? Hmm. I mean, the, the, it doesn't help that the government disincentivizes hmm. homeschooling. I mean, you, you, you've got to register if you want to get the family tax benefit. Hmm. Many families don't register for that reason. They don't, they either don't, they don't need it or, um, you know, I mean, the, the amount of taxes that we're charged, it's very hard to not, beyond that um i actually like the idea of having that transparency 
So you have the Board of Studies come around and they're they're told to be objective. So in New South Wales anyway, they're told to be objective. And if you get get a good ex-teacher who is on the Board of Studies, who is your rep, NESA rep for that that particular area, um, you know, you, you're doing really well. And they'll, they'll be helpful as far as all that, that mm. red tape goes. Um, and, you, you know, I, I, I quite enjoy the kids getting their um, completion certificates and things like that when, you know, they hit year 10. I think that's a, a sign to them that they've uh, they've hit the mark in more ways than one. Not that I think that marking kids is necessarily a good thing and testing them um, in, you know, in pressure environments and expecting to see them perform well. I think that there's more tests out there, testing kind of situations you can do out there that helps um, measure their capabilities and abilities. You know, um, yeah. Yeah. No, that's really good. Uh, you started touching on it a little bit, um, but even even on the point of socialization, there are a lot of benefits from homeschooling, contrary to, to popular belief. What would you say are the most common benefits or, or or the best benefits um, in your experience from homeschooling? From what I've seen, the best benefit um, is shared education, uh, opportunity. I mean, anything is a learning experience. Anything is a lesson. We might be doing a routine sort of assignment or routine book work, and then um, we'll get an email from um, the local theatre you know, it's called the glass house and uh, they put on all sorts of different performances and then we'll get an email. Oh, there's this performance coming up of Shakespeare and well, we've just been doing Hamlet. Oh, wow. They're doing Hamlet through Bell Shakespeare. Let's go see that. You know, I mean, you can fit that in. Um, not as so easy to do when you're nine to five or nine to three mm-hmm. trying to fit, you know, the whole, I call it conveyor belt industrialized education complex into your day, into your life. Um, you know, I think with the internet as well, it makes it easier to homeschool. So there's an added added advantage there if you know where to go, what to look for. Um, and I mean, Wikipedia is not the best. It's called, not a bad starting place, but you know that that's kind of not not what I'm talking about. Um, I'm talking about finding primary resources and primary documents that you can actually put in front of the kids and stuff. It's much easier to access those now than it ever has been. Um, mm. Archive.org, for example, would be a good resource where you can straight away, you've got a library at your fingertips and these are biographies, autobiographies, you name it. You know, so even, and that even keeps the cost down because archive.org is free. They just require you know, some donations now and then when they, when they ask. So that that in itself would be one of the primary resources that that you can use in that regard um and that i think is part of you know the whole thing of why i think homeschooling is great and why i think the benefits of homeschooling are that you have an access to resources that you probably wouldn't get access to in school not only that but i have a real beef with the idea that kids can function with minimal supervision for over an hour a day recess and lunch i mean I was in the playground. I saw how things went. You know, you're measured and cut by your peers and you've got the cool kids. That, I mean, look at any American television show, Jump 21, for example, the, the, the 90s, 80s, 90s television show. 
with Johnny Depp in it. You, you can see st- there's all these structures that exist and they're all created by kids. Mm. And so, you know, you've got, you've, we're telling our children to fit into that. Mm. Well, it's, you know, it's going to build character. Mm, I don't think so, man. <laughs> Didn't do it for me. Just made me angry. And when I left school, I thought, okay, well, I might have been in year 11 because I played music. I might have been like a little bit more cool than some, but as soon as school finished, that coolness is gone. Hmm. Unless you want to live out your high school years vicariously through social media, which a lot of people do. Facebook is just one of those extensions of high school. You know, everyone who's popular in high school has the 200, 300 friends where you've got like two or three. You know, that's okay with me. At least those two or three are probably more solid and there's more substance in those relationships than that three, 400 that so-and-so's got. Mm. So again, we come back to the socialization thing, social media, the whole, the whole shebang. Like we don't let our kids use social media until they're 18. Um, once their HSC is done, yeah, no worries. Mm. And then, so that's part of nurturing them into that process. I mean, even our electronic devices are limited to the education process. We do have games and we do other things, but I think that it's irresponsible to give such a powerful tool like technology into the hands of a 10 or 12-year-old, expect them to not be influenced by the garbage that, that you find on there, such as, mm. such as you would see on TikTok. Um, even Instagram's got some crap. You know. And you yeah. go, oh, well, no, we police it. You know. <laughs> Even we, with our limits on technology, you know, we we've had a few we've had a few close calls and um, a few a few problems ourselves. So we even even though we uh, we allow a little bit of freedom in that that use of technology, as I've said before in, in a couple of articles that that's for kids, you know, technology is a tool, not a toy. Yeah. And I refer to that with my kids all the time. Remember, this is a tool, not a toy. It's a mm-hmm. it's a way of communicating. It's not a way of entertaining yourself. Yeah, 100%. Actually, that technology um, point that, that you raise is really interesting because I had a similar experience, similar upbringing, um, you know, in very low-tech household. And, and that's something that I could have grown to resent, but I've actually looked back on and um, I'm really, really grateful for that. And it's pretty radical in the world that we we live in. But just this this past weekend, we were at a, a big conference. It was a full afternoon, even in conference. And one of the speakers was... Uh, you know, blown away because this family, our, our family and a couple of other families who had sort of low tech, don't still don't have iPhones. All of the kids, they sat through the whole conference. They just had attention spans that were, were normal. Um, but, you know, it, I guess it's pretty radical um, to most people having that kind of a, a tech or low tech um, upbringing. Well, I consider it to be responsible parenting. I mean, it's countless articles online talking about internet use, um, responsible internet use, and things like that. I, um, I mean, we do. We have, you know, the console. Our console. We have gaming online and stuff like that. We do Minecraft. I mean, Minecraft's probably the biggest one because of the educational value. Um, that's huge. And I've written a few articles for dads for kids on that that people can go look at. You know, ideas or challenges they can give their kids and work with them. And you do that with them and. That's part of the, the another benefit of homeschooling is that you, as Kierkegaard said, you you learn as you teach, right? You, 
you just you, on this journey with them and you, you wonder at stuff and then invite them to come and wonder with you and they learn from that. Like I got, <laughs> I got this vinyl collection from an uh, HMV I, I inherited uh, from my father and um, it's probably the only thing I really ever got. But um, I got the uh, Simon and Garfunkel collection and I was just showing them the different types of um, musical instruments they used and I'm getting them to try to f- listen and figure out which ones are being used. And then, I mean, the box is probably the coolest musical um, arrangement of theirs, I-, I think. I mean, they've got a heap of good stuff, but the box is just amazing. The way they've done that, the structure, and then at the end, the, the boom and the, the, you know, the snare that just hits really loud. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's an awesome song. And like I'm just showing them this, and I'm getting excited about it, and they're like, "Wow, you know, this is the first time they've ever heard it." And like, this is amazing. So I'm introducing this stuff to them, um, and it's music appreciation. Well, it's just I love this music, and I don't know why. And having a bit of knowledge about music, I can help them develop beyond that. That's as simple as it gets. It's not complicated, you know. Um, I don't have a degree in music. I've got a degree in ministry and theology but I do love music and I've studied music for a very long time, really just self-taught other than having a, a, a guitar teacher in my teens. Um, yeah. I mean, it, I don't understand why more people don't homeschool to be one. Hmm. Yeah. And that's a, that's a big thing, I guess, the, the parental side of things. And it, it feels like a really obvious question um, to, to ask, but for maybe people who aren't on board, how important is that? parental involvement in kids upbringing well i think it's huge and that's just reflected on what we just talked about the idea that peers are supposed to raise your kids their friends are supposed to help raise them that's nuts mm. you watch any teen movie and we used to watch them like crazy when we were you know i was in my teens now i wasn't a christian man. I, I became a christian in 96 christmas 96 i mean i'd kind of be nudging me for a while but i lived pretty much like an atheist, man. I was in rebellion. There's no doubt about that. Mm. And uh, we, we used to watch all these, all the teen movies and you know, no matter what, R-rated, didn't matter. And you see these examples, I guess. I mean, kids watch this stuff and they, they try to live it out. We did as teenagers. Mm. I mean, you can't, again, technology, right? You, you, we limit the, what, what kind of access they go to. It's not like, censoring so to speak it's more like being responsible and saying well it's age appropriate for you to to be engaging this right now mm. and that's that's homeschooling in in a, in a nutshell even just limiting technology or you know sitting down with them and playing minecraft or engaging with them in that um that journey and that's fun too i mean it, what a cool family time can you what more full cool family time can you have than uh, as a family activity, playing board games. I mean, I'm not a big fan of board games, to be honest, but give me a console and a, you know, <laughs> a controller and I'm happy. But, I mean, the kids love that. Like, they play board games more than me, and that's really their mum's influence, and that's great. I think that's awesome. But, um, you know, I mean, I like Risk, and I like a, you know, my favourite's probably um, Scotland Yard. But, you know, as long as I get to be Mr X. I don't know if you've ever heard of Scotland Yard. It's a great board game. No, I haven't. Recommend getting it, especially okay. when your kids get older. They I'll check it, it out. <laughs> yeah. That's another thing. Like, even Scotland Yard, like, you, those board games, you sit down and you play with them. 
Um, it's a lesson in and of itself. You get to learn about the geography of London. You've got to go through subways. I mean, it's a, it's, again, it's a, it's a very simple process, homeschooling. And these things are just, I mean, a lot of parents are probably doing this already, even though they're sending their kids to the rubber stamp yard, you know, so they can get that rubber stamp. Yes, you're, you're conforming to the ideals and ideology that's prevailing in society. Happy days. Hmm. Now, what we do is counterculture, man. And I think in, in a, a lot of my inspiration I think it comes from a lot, of, a lot of the US guys over there who, and these guys aren't fringe nut, nutcases. They're not, you know, they're not wearing tinfoil hats. They're loving their kids hmm. the best way they can. And yeah, the majority of them are Christians, but they're real about it. There's there's no religious overexertion. You know, there's there's no like, well, Look! Look at what I'm doing. I'm a Christian. This is look how perfect I am. Now. It, there's roughness. There's there's rawness. There, but there's grace. Mm. You know, following the, the Lord's leading in, in that direction and saying, "Well, He's called us to this as parents. We're to raise up our kids in the way they should go." Mm. And yep. that requires discernment. That requires obedience to Him and His kingship. Uh, not my sovereignty over myself, but submitting to his sovereignty over me and over my family as well. That's awesome. So as a Christian, I think that's a great, a great benefit of homeschooling as well, that we can come together pretty much as church every morning and sit, study the word of God and worship together, you know? Yeah. I think yeah. that is special. I think that's unique. We can do communion. Um, and it's not quirky, it's not weird, it's it's real. Mm. It's fellowship, life together, as Bonhoeffer might say. Well he does, in fact, in his book. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Have you had um any experience and this is something that uh I I experience, but have you had an, any experience in terms of uh homeschooling transitioning to university and the challenges that might um you know, with people you know or anything that might develop in that regard? Um, are homeschoolers suitable for college? Absolutely. 100%. Um, we, we do, our kids do their HSC through TAFE. Therefore, they're actually doing their year 11 and 12 through college. So they're already basically doing college work um, the way they would at university. And I've done a degree, um, so I know, you know, through table, and I'm not just saying that, you know, big name myself, but... Um, I'm just saying that I've had that experience and I know what I'm seeing them do is exactly what I did. Mm. And um, that you know, they're prepared for that. Um, and there's other ways around it. They can get tertiary qualifications, which will surpass every tertiary qualification they get surpasses their HSC anyway. Yeah, wow. it, you know, it, it, that's what people look at. Yes, you might have your HSC, but it's that tertiary qualification that will get you through the door, not your TER. Yeah. I mean, or ATAR, I think it is now. But your ATAR, then um, the obsession over it, I think is just unhealthy for our society. It's unhealthy for our kids. Mm. Yeah, because you're also, with you look at the ATAR system, you, you're weighed down by your, again, your class, where you are. So if you come from a low socioeconomic area and your school is full of guys who, you know, girls who just don't want to work because that's just the culture. 
you know, they don't want it. They're not really intellectually driven. They're more hands-on. And they sit the HSC and, and you're like a, a smart kid, but you're stuck in this box. Your ATAR is going to be low. Mm. Because you're, you're ranked, you know, in the, it's, it's not individual, it's collective. And that's, that's socialism, man. That's, that's Marxism. Yeah. Do, do we really want to keep giving our kids over to this and, and, and harming them in this way to some degree? I mean, they're putting this pressure on them to do things that are I think detrimental to their health, detrimental to their future, and detrimental to the family. And I'm not yeah. saying we shouldn't do the HSC. I mean, our kids do it and their kids. We've got one doing it right now. She's much ready to start it. But you see what Nessa's done even recently with this. They've added more to the HSC. You don't just have to get your HSC now, but from year 10 up, you have to qualify a, a, a literacy and numeracy standards test. You have to pass that before you can actually qualify for your HSC. You would think, and I've raised this question with Nessa, but no response, if someone's sitting their HSC and they get a good mark in their HSC, wouldn't that say to you that they have good numeracy and literacy skills? Hmm. Doesn't make any sense why that NASA has added this standardized test on top of that so they can qualify. They just more pressure for kids. I, I think, to be honest, it's just them creating more bureaucracy because they're you know, probably being a little unfair here, but their mates down the road who they shared the union membership with at university needs a job. So, Hey, come on, we'll create a new department and here's a whole new section. Go ahead. I'm that cynicism for sure. But Hey, with COVID-19, mate, I mean, come on. We have every right to be cynical of bureaucrats and their, their agenda and what they do behind the scenes and who, who that, that those decisions and policies come along benefit. So, I mean, that's, they're my thoughts and I'm yeah. sure that people aren't going to be, you know, warm to those, but hey. <laughs> yeah, well, in, in many ways, it makes sense that the government doesn't really look favorably on a, a movement that takes kids out of their own control. And so I, that kind of um, segues into to my next question, which was about the political climate. Like, have you seen concerning uh, changes and trends within the way that the government legislates and, and regulates homeschooling? I, I, to be fair, yeah, I think they're being a little bit more uh, conducive to it. So I think they're being a little bit more warmer to understanding that this is a parental right uh, as much as an essential freedom. Um, so, yeah, I think that, I think they're working. I mean, Nessa, to, to give Nessa credit, even though I've got criticisms of them, um, they were the Board of Studies in New South Wales. Uh, they've done really, really well at trying to empower people to homeschool well. Um, their homeschooling department, I think, is probably second to none in the country. Mm. They've done extremely well at trying to accommodate for parents who homeschool. And um, with, without going the full hog and advocating it and saying that you should be doing this, they said, look, if you're going to do it, this is the way we, we uh, think it should be done and um, these are the advice that we suggest. And I think that's, to, again, to be fair to them, that's that's good. But, yeah, I'm still cynical of um, bureaucrats because, as as we saw, I mean, a few years back, it, 
the Greens took um, the lead in um, doing this investigation into homeschooling, and they they were able to trigger that on the basis that their theory is that homeschooling is child abuse. Well, they got a bit of egg on their faces when they, they came out, when they did finish the investigation. But, you know, homeschool kids were doing well. There were there were gaps, but that's no different to their, um, you know, the gaps in the system they have themselves, where kids fall through. We're not talking about one or two kids. We're talking about heaps of kids. I mean, the education mm-hmm. system, to me, again, um, people probably might not like it, is very much like Lord of the Flies. You know, kid, parents dump their kids off on an island, basically, and then they let to run for the run, run wild themselves. You can't trust that the teachers are actually going to be there doing their job. Okay, there's a lot of good teachers out there. I'm not trying to put any of those guys down. I had great teachers, and you know they they provided stability in my life when I needed. It. I've already acknowledged that. But the point, the line between the teacher having the authority of a parent or the role and responsibility of a parent can't be crossed. Once we cross that, the government is dad, the government is mum, and where are we then as a society? Hmm. Yep, yep. No, that's that's really good. I, I think just before before I let you go, um, is there any advice that you would give to parents who either might be looking at homeschooling or are maybe starting that journey? Um, ask questions. Don't write it off completely. Seek out others who homeschool. Look at their example and um, decide. For Christians who are entering in that into that arena, I'd say pray and pray hard. You know, really, is this where the Lord's leading you? And if that's the case, then, then great. I would say the Lord leads us in that direction as parents anyway, whether you send your kids to school or uh, formal schooling or whether you home educate them. I think that your role as a parent is educator. In fact, um, a theologian and very flawed man in his own private life, Karl Barth, he talks about honouring your parents and what that means. He said the first commandment uh, to have God and no other gods before you holds back the commandment um, or restrains the commandment on your parents, on your mother and your father. And he said the, the meaning of honouring your mother and father isn't to deify them and elevate them to a godlike status, but to understand that they are your teachers. They are facilitating your education um, much like they would a master to an apprentice. And how the parent does that, how mum or dad does that, is... Um, is going to define or determine um, that child's outlook on life, that child's well-being, and um, and I, I mean I'm speaking from experience who come from parents who abdicated their responsibility and said, "You're the world's problem, not mine. Just don't do anything wrong." Well, <laughs> when I got to start to set what's right and wrong, I wasn't told. I knew there were laws that we had to obey. That you know. Um, so yeah, pray, think, ask questions, um, and and don't let the 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 hearsay and the myths drag you down. I mean, I think that homeschooling is um, 
there's plenty of the evidence for that. There, before I wrote the four articles for Dads for Kids, which went up on Campbell the Declaration, um, and worked with Warwick Marshall on those, and we um, we came up with some, you know, I think some fair points that are well researched and fact checked, and uh, you know, you see, you see even today contemporary examples of successful homeschoolers out there, um, athletes and musicians, movie stars, excuse me. <clears throat> A few others um, make up a good percentage of those, but there are others as well. I mean, it, it, the point is that parents are involved in the education of their kids, and um, I'm, that's why I'm fully supportive of, of someone like Ron DeSantis, who is bringing all these parental rights things in to, to sort of bring back the, the role of education and the responsibility of educating children into the hands of parents so that they have a say, they have a, an input, uh, and you know what? That that releases the pressure off teachers, who aren't having to discipline children like a parent would, because parents are actively involved. So the parents are working with teachers, and the teachers then take a subsidiary role, not a substitu- substitutionary role. Very much like what the government has um, is doing at the moment in Australia. They're doing a, a subsidiary role, but the danger the danger there is it becomes substitutionary through the uh, work ideology and other things that uh, you know hammering all of us in society to conform to new cultural laws um, that many of us uh, oppose. Mm. Yeah, no, that's really encouraging, and um, it's really a good good note to to end on. That um, yeah, there is hope that homeschooling is a is a legitimate and and really the beneficial way to, to go about education. So I really appreciate your wisdom today, Rod, and thanks yeah, no for joining me. That's great.